let the thoughts be there mm-hmm. so the quality of the meditation is not about having thoughtlessness it's about what happened for you after those 20 minutes did you feel much more clear in the mind did you feel that you wanted to smile at the person next to you that is the quality of the meditation it's not about what is happening during the process during the process you may even experience sensations vibrations your body may even you know there is too much of um, restlessness you know lack of sleep for example you may even fall asleep you may think that every time i meditate i go off to sleep no that's that is not sleep it's actually some rest which is deeper than sleep because you're able to come out of it it's not your night sleep it's something different so your body may be restless your body may be tired and it's possible that your restlessness is not only in the body it's also in the mind sometimes you've processed a lot during the day and when you meditate it will all come out as thoughts it's okay just imagine it's just restlessness coming down you cannot control the restlessness during the process allow it to be so that after the process you feel oh i don't feel as cluttered as i was at the start and that's all is the objective and this deep compression on a daily basis for parenting is very useful because suddenly so many things come away as a parent right it's your day is no longer as planned as it used to be even if you plan it hi welcome to partners in upbringing i'm kalyani i'm himani and we are parents just like you always on a lookout So come join us in our endeavor as we connect with parenting experts and fellow inspiring parents to know the best practices for raising happy and confident children. Visit partnersinupbringing.com for podcasts, videos, blogs and to connect with experts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Partners in Upbringing. You can listen to us on your favorite podcasting app, Partners in Upbringing, your trusted partner in your parenting journey. as a parent nurturing feels like a big responsibility that's because we are wearing multiple hats but just have one head very limited bandwidth and time and the role of juggling these hats is extremely tough to physically leave work behind and be with your kids is i would say the easier part but to mentally leave the work and life stresses behind to spend quality time with our children and to actually feel the connection is not easy i can't agree more kalyani in fact sometimes i want to just outsource this role of being a parent you know it just becomes too much you know to be uh, watching your actions watching your words and be mindful of what you're doing um although we know that we've been advocating mindfulness in so many of our episodes and the content that we've done before but it's not an easy task for sure and uh, it is not easy to be that calm and composed all the time especially when it comes to dealing with children so we know it is the change that we want to bring as parents in our lives in ourselves but the biggest question is how so today to find answer to this big big question we have with us miss anupama murli Anupama is an ICF certified life coach and speaker with over 15 years of corporate experience. She is also a musician, an entrepreneur and a mother. Anupama is a mind management, breath and meditation teacher for adults and children with the Art of Living Foundation. She has taught over 100 courses 
and also conducts sessions on Know Your Child and Know Your Teens. Hi Anupama, welcome to Partners in Upbringing. Hi Humani and Kalyani, lovely to see you two again. Anupama, it is such a pleasure to have you again on our podcast. I'm so looking forward to this conversation today. The topic really interests me. See, I remember the last day we were talking about careless moms. Yes. <laughs> so it's really how we can care by caring less and caring more for ourselves. It was a great conversation. Yes. And this is something very close to my heart. So thank you for inviting me. Anupama, uh, as parents, we are chasing so many things. And we feel overwhelmed. It feels like a task or just like Himani uh, said, we sometimes feel like outsourcing it. <laughs> so how do we manage this overwhelm? Hmm. What is overwhelm? Let's just look at it first, right? When we are playing different roles and then there are life situations which also come along. So first of all, we all are playing different roles. The roles that we play itself is playing a role <laughs> in this whole overwhelm. And on top of that, life situations, demanding jobs, change in scenario, so many things. And this VUCA world we live in, which is all the time volatile, uncertain. We all have experience, right? Suddenly, we thought we could do things and then we couldn't do things for two years. So all that also just causes this sense of feeling that, oh my God, I wish it was different. And overwhelm is that you can't deal with it anymore. That's that feeling that it's, I've had enough. I need a break, right? But if you really go to the heart of overwhelm, it is just a mismatch between expectations and reality. That's all it is. The whole overwhelm can be understood by understanding what all expectations exist in front of me and what is the reality of my life. These two questions require a lot of thinking though. They're not as simple, simple to address. But overwhelm is nothing but not having that much of awareness about expectation and reality. And expectations are like, you know, this um, sandwich the sense there are like layers of it expectations that others have from us expectations we have from others and expectations we have from our own selves so there are so many layers of expectations which we are sort of not even aware of and when we are just going thinking that okay as a parent now i also have to do parenting not that my life was any less busy before but i have that also and i have to be this good parent Somewhere, right, we all have set these expectations for ourselves and the society is imposing expectations on us and our children are no less. <laughs> they are also <laughs> expecting, expecting things from us. So overwhelm, I would like to really get, you know, parents to really look at it as what are my expectations? What are the expectations around me? And what is my reality? Reality is really, do I have help to be able to execute this? In the time that I have, is it realistic for me to be able to get this to this quality? Asking those questions because it's all of us are juggling, no doubt about it. But quality is not just about juggling, right? We have an expectation that we have to deliver very well, but that is not possible in reality. So looking at it as expectation reality is the first thing I would invite parents to uh, think about whenever they experience I've had enough. Yeah. Do you really suggest that they should sit and write down these things? Absolutely. We should write down. And these moments are so special. Often what we are just doing is we are living life in a very fast thinking mode. And fast thinking is necessary as well. Otherwise, we can't be sitting every time if somebody asks you, you can't just say, wait, I have to journal. <laughs> no, we can't operate that way, right? So we are constantly in this fast thinking mode, which is allowing us to function in today's life, which is those, which are those shortcuts. We all have shortcuts 
based on our experience that's why we know that if somebody calls you respond like this if such situation happens this is how you take care of it these are shortcuts however for understanding oneself and really personalizing how do i handle overwhelm in my life you have to personalize it because the way you are looking at life is different from the any other person so sitting down and saying okay i'm experiencing overwhelm which is that sense of i've had enough what are the expectations that i have in front of me and this requires like a you using a magnifying glass because it's easy to say i think that this is what is expected of me but what do you expect of yourself from that situation there may be an expectation from you but i'm telling you the overwhelm comes when we take that expectation and overlay our own expectations on it and parenting is that very slippery area that you can have more expectations from yourself yes back to your question writing what are the expectations that i can see right now and what is my reality uh anu while you've you know decoded this for us and you've made us understand why is this whole feeling of overwhelm when is it coming from but it still looks like a complicated task you know so my question is is there something that we can you know do to get that sort of clarity about expectations you know in in our lives the calmness. how do we get that mm-hmm. so you said you use the word clarity right when is it that we don't have clarity when there is clutter how do we remove the clutter is by decluttering and one of the ways at least what has worked for me is meditation meditation gives me an opportunity to declutter decompress and then i can arrange those puzzles in my life in a better way it's literally a puzzle isn't it hmm. i'm feeling this overwhelmed there are just so many things floating in my head i don't know how to make sense of it so to declutter hmm. and to decompress you have to find a way and meditation has worked very well for me and i would really recommend that all parents should meditate before you have your child learn to meditate <laughs> i know uh, i i know that you have been a teacher and you have been teaching meditation to adults and children although that word is pretty you know known now it's common people are aware of it thankfully but it's not something that people completely know about the science mm-hmm. behind it you know it is used loosely they don't know how to do it or maybe they are doing it but not able to see the results uh, so can you help us understand um, and also just to go back to you know what partners in upbringing is all about that we always talk about mindfulness uh, conscious parenting mindful parenting and you know i was reading something like uh, you know and i came across this thing called as a meditation and mindfulness they complement each other so can you help us understand meditation what what does it do you know m- mindfulness these two words what is the connection between these two right words? i'll take mindful first right and i will just spell it for you m i n d f u l mindful correct why do you have to be mindful because your mind is full all the time f u l l full all the time there is this feeling of there is so many things happening and you're thinking that you're juggling you're going through life but it seems like you're never getting to a point where it's all done that sense of overwhelm is also that when will i ever get to a point where i have taken care of my responsibilities i'm saying i'm taking talking about daily responsibilities not even taking about life responsibilities so the mind is full all the time and meditation allows us to be more mindful it is a result of meditation mindfulness is a state that you achieve or you get to i wouldn't use the word achieve 
meditation enables mindfulness now in order to be mindful you have to go from that full mind you have to go from m i n d space f u l l to m i n d f u l and that gap is what is meditation and what is meditation it's the art of doing nothing you tell me both of you isn't it the most difficult thing to do do nothing because when we do nothing all sorts of things that we want to do and don't want to do will come to our mind right all those people you don't want to talk about think about will come to your mind and they will like really be dancing in your head <laughs> that's the time you feel oh yes. my god i don't want to do nothing i want to do nothing but i can't because my mind is bringing up all these things so meditation is the art of doing nothing which is only possible when we go from this fast to slow thinking it is okay to experience thoughts during meditation i love yourself that space for those thoughts to come and go if you are enjoying this conversation please subscribe to us and give us a five star rating on the platform you're listening to thank you if you don't meditate you're not giving that opportunity of that space to be created at all so meditation is enabling mindfulness because it it's creating a space within you that compression that we are feeling all the time that decompression suddenly you feel that oh i have more to give and here i'm talking about energy time may have not changed for you it's the same time during the day however something is released some energy is released or some capacity has opened up for you to deal with the rest of the day in a different way and that is the decompression because compression is about oh my god i can't take anything more however when you meditate the decompression happens the space is created within you i know it's some difficult to understand it you have to only experience it i'm using these words only for people to invite people to look at it as not some fad that other somebody is doing nowadays it is already in the trend oh i have done it before i invite people to look at it as an opportunity to decompress and that's all it is and during decompression don't set any targets on i should not get any thoughts while meditating hello just because you closed your eyes the thoughts will not go away they will be there very much there however allowing yourself saying it's okay for the next 20 minutes i don't have to do anything with these thoughts and that is one of the ways in which those thoughts start to disappear so you go from a full mind to being mindful using this as a tool that's a very interesting way to look at it because uh i've been learning yoga since childhood and i really enjoy meditation when it is towards the end of the session and there is shavasana there is some nice music and the instructor is telling you how to do it but when i try to do it at home then i always had a feeling of oh my god i can't do it and i don't think meditation is for me i might as well rather mm-hmm. go for a run and feel less stressed about it i might as well cook and that is like meditation for me but uh I never realized that it was just observing your thoughts and it is okay to let a few thoughts that be there. Yeah, let the don't even define it as few. Let the thoughts be there. Mm-hmm. So the quality of the meditation is not about having thoughtlessness. It's about what happened for you after those 20 minutes. Did you feel much more clear in the mind? Did you feel that you wanted to smile at the person next to you? That is the quality of the meditation. It's not about what is happening during the process. During the process, you may even experience sensations, vibrations. Your body may even, you know, there is too much of um, 
restlessness, you know, lack of sleep, for example. You may even fall asleep. You may think that every time I meditate, I go off to sleep. No, that's, that is not sleep. It's actually some rest which is deeper than sleep. Because you're able to come out of it. It's not your night sleep. It's something different. So your body may be restless. Your body may be tired. And it's possible that your restlessness is not only in the body. It's also in the mind. Sometimes you've processed a lot during the day. And when you meditate, it will all come out as thoughts. It's okay. Just imagine it's just restlessness calming down. You cannot control the restlessness during the process. Allow it to be so that after the process, you feel, oh, I don't feel as cluttered as I was at the start. And that's all is the objective. And this deep compression on a daily basis for parenting is very useful because suddenly so many things come our way as a parent, right? It's your day is no longer as planned as it used to be, even if you plan it. Suddenly you get a call from the school, your child is sick. You never thought you're having a podcast right now. You can, your child can walk in or you can you know, get a call suddenly. So those interrupts have increased so much. So the compression, therefore, is much higher. So if we can decompress and create that space for ourselves to say, okay, bring it on. What else is there in the day is what parents need. And that's where meditation can help. Anu, I want to go a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. deeper in this and you decode it for parents even further. You you said that let the thoughts come. It's okay. Just because you're going to close your eyes, the thoughts are not mm-hmm. going to stop. So, which is again, which is kind mm-hmm. of a relief. Okay. Okay. So, this is okay. But what do we do after that? So, the thought comes and what naturally happens is I have experienced this myself that I start having conversations Ah, in my head yes you know okay so uh, for example like you said that mm, of course like you know because you close your eyes and you're you've chosen a quiet spot your stimuli has gone down so your mind is getting everything which you you know must have forgotten oh I had to do this I forgot about it See, now when I've closed my eyes, now suddenly I've remembered it. So all these thoughts come and then I should have done this. Oh, I need to do it now. And I feel like, you know, almost getting on my phone and messaging that, you know, uh, I need something from my husband or I need him to do this while coming home from office. And I've forgotten to say that in the whole, you know, overwhelm of being of playing multiple roles. So what do we do? So thought comes. Okay. What do we do after that? So the art of doing nothing is not so easy as I mentioned. So the thought comes. Okay, let's say that you had to actually tell your husband something. That thought will come. Or it's possible that is Ahana eating her food. You can even get these thoughts. It's lunchtime. Is she eating her food? You know, that kind of thought can also come because there is that concern as a parent to make sure everything is working. So during meditation and the thought comes, like you mentioned beautifully, don't converse with the thought. The first rule is that don't interact with the thought. The thought has come. You don't interact with this, which means that you don't have a conversation with it saying that, oh, uh, I have to do the thought came and you're talking to the thought saying, okay, next I will do this. Remember, it's the art of doing nothing. You said, okay, I'll do this in 20 minutes. So just you're pushing it. You're just saying that you're putting it into a bucket saying that, okay, I have to take care of Ahana, put in the bucket. Right now, I can't do anything about it. The art of doing nothing is that ability to not want to act on it at that point in time. All we are saying is 20 minutes. Can you say 20 minutes ke baad, I will go back to my doing. You know, this constant doing that gives me a lot of satisfaction, I'll go back to it. But right now, I'm not doing. So reminding ourselves the art of doing nothing. So during the message, I will do nothing about it. 
However, it has come because let's say you've forgotten about it. Also remember that when we are in a calm space, a lot of things will come because we're in clutter, it must have not come. So you know, I'm just respecting that thought for what it is, what its value is, not saying that I don't care. I can't do anything about it now. I'll do about I'll do it later. When I'm meditating, a lot of times it will come, you know, things will come, thoughts will come to me saying that um, I should get to, you know, come add this slide in the presentation. To that preciseness, it will come. Like, you know, this is what I need to add there. Now, why is that happening? Because we are invoking a state different from the state we are operating. It's called alpha, beta state. We are going into deeper states of awareness. So when from there, creativity can come. You may get an idea which you were not able to get in your conscious mind. So at that time, not saying that, okay, let me stop this meditation and go and do this. You're saying, ah, that's lovely. I'll get to that later. So you're just swiping it, saying that I will come to you. And after you open your eyes, you may just take a notepad and say, what all I did I want to take care of and take care of it. That's all. Just postpone, delay. You're all always in this gratification mode. Can we delay it? That's all. Delay it for 20 minutes. And then when you get to it after 20 minutes, when you open your eyes, I can tell you that if you've, your quality of meditation is good, you feel more enjoyable. You're looking forward to doing it. It's not so much a chore. You There's an enjoyment you're able to add to that task, which you may have seen as a chore before you meditate. Wow, wonderful. Any particular time of the day you would recommend for meditation? Because as a parent, I believe once we are back from work, uh, that is the time when we are most uh, stressed off. Actually, we, we've got just a couple of hours with the children. So we don't want to lose out on that. Yes. So I remember very early on when I was learning to meditate, there was uh, somebody in the audience talking to the teacher saying that I'm very busy. I can't find time to meditate. And then the teacher smiled and said, yeah, I understand. In your case, We'll make an exception. You have to meditate twice. <laughs> so this busyness is what is coming in the way. Let me ask you both. How many times are you hearing people say crazy days, swamped at work, too much happening? Aren't we not using this language every single day? What does it really mean that we don't have time at all for ourselves? I would really say first and foremost, Watch the language you're using, even in front of your children as a parent. Amma's too busy. Can't do it now. Rather, you could say, Amma's looking into some interesting stuff right now. I will come to you once I finish. So you're sharing your child, letting your child know that you're not bogged down all the time. You're doing things that are exciting. You're showing that you love learning. You're happy about what you're doing. So watch your language first and foremost as a parent and make time for what matters. Really ask yourself, isn't that decompression what I need to be this mindful parent? Am I being the mindful parent by not giving myself this opportunity? Find any time in the day. It's possible that, you know, it was four o'clock, you're at work and you feel very tired. Instead of going down for a coffee, find a place in your conference room and meditate. This is what I would say. Find ways to do it. You're coming back in a cab, 20 minute ride. Don't scroll your phone. Close your eyes and meditate. Nobody wants you at that point in time. So this constant, let me get to all the news. Let me listen to a podcast while coming, coming back, right? This is called the digital contagion. We are constantly listening to someone. Shutting down what we are not listening to ourselves. When we close our eyes, 
thoughts will come. Why do people not want to meditate? Too many thoughts come. Listen to it. Are you okay to be with yourself? Kalyani, there are different ways. If you're an early riser, do it in the morning. If you're not someone who's an early riser, during the day when you generally take your breaks, let's say it's a walk or a chat or a coffee, see if you can, you know, instant meditate. And before you get back in the evening, uh, after you get back home, if you want to, you know, make it a routine to just even make it a family affair. We're saying that, okay, before dinner, we're all going to close our eyes for 10 minutes and just going to be with ourselves. Make it a family thing so that others can also participate. Do it with your partner. Do it with your children. There is, if you want to do it, if there's a will, there's a way. You know, that's what it is. Anu, I want to go back to what we discussed a little bit. You know, observing the thoughts. Now, uh, engaging with the thought that I need to do something, you know, task oriented thoughts are there. But there are other thoughts which are coming from nowhere. Yeah. From our past, you know, experiences and suddenly then I'm I'm thinking also that time that what is the connection right now? Why is it, you know, why am I thinking, why did, why did this thought come to my mind in the first? I've not thought about this, about any conflict that I may have had, about, and it not necessarily be a happy thought. There is... I think you get access to that, you know, uh, bank that has been created in your mind, uh, uh, which of various experiences that you uh, go through. And uh, they suddenly, when you close your eyes and find a quiet spot, they suddenly come in front of you. And you're wondering, why is this happening? Uh, And that's why you want to run away also from that. And that's why also sometimes, you know, people not wanting to meditate, maybe. Okay. You brought a beautiful point, which I will connect back to parenting. Now, what I have observed is because I am, first of all, not averse to having any sort of thought during meditation. And what I do after meditation is really wonder, okay, if it is a task, I get to it. Like, but you said, suppose there is a conflict, something comes up. You can even experience physical sensations while you're meditating because your mind has got a little bit, you know, jarred by what thought came. You haven't addressed it all this while and so on. That is an opportunity for you to really use it for self-discovery. Now, how is this connected to parenting? Now, what are the challenges parents have? We say that there's hardly any time. So time is one thing. So there when you meditate, your time may not increase, but the energy that you have in that time will get better. Second thing parents struggle with is connection with their children. Somehow you have just been parenting, going along as if you can just get through all the doing, but the connection is not established. And here is an opportunity, Imani, when things come up in your mind where you have to, you have not yet addressed, take that as an opportunity to self-reflect reflect, and improve your own ability to handle that because that same thing is going to come up as a conversation with your child sometime. Not immediately, but sometime in their lifetime. And if you have it unresolved, you're going to say something which is something that you didn't want to say or you're going to say something that you wanted to say but you didn't feel it, your child will really know. So many times my daughter Ananya will say that, like, I'm correcting myself while I'm speaking. She'll say, but you wanted to actually say that, right? <laughs> she can pick it up because I am saying, getting getting to say things because she uh, this is the right thing to say, but I'm not yet fully there. I haven't fully appreciated it. Like we have been talking a lot about accepting people and uh, microaggression. We're talking about diversity and inclusion. She brings these topics from schools. What is it to include? What is it to be more mindful about your language? How do you become more inclusive? And sometimes, you know, it is easy to say, but when we put those scenarios, I would do it this way. 
and I'm not yet there. She can guess that I'm not yet feeling it or owning it or living it myself. I'm, I'm being blatantly honest here so that all the viewers, can, listeners can understand that the connection that we want to build with our children so that we can influence them in the right way starts with the connection with ourselves. How much, how curious are we to find out where did this thought come from? What do I do with it? This conflict that is constantly there in my consciousness, what do I want to do with it? And sitting down and journaling, meditating, self-reflecting, what is the outcome or how do I want to behave differently in this scenario? What is my desired behavior? I'm not saying that you can behave already that way. How would I like to deal with this? And in order to deal with this, what can I do differently? Do you see that all this requires tremendous slowing down? It can't be meditate kia outside the room, you're back to your doing. Take that moment. Let's say that you take 30 minutes, 20 minutes you meditate, 10 minutes is just reflection. You're writing down saying, okay, I need to address this. This is coming back again and again. And when we do that, you connect with yourself really deeply. Your connection with your children becomes easier simply because you, you can understand them. You're able to understand that connection building takes slowing down. You cannot do it in the fast mode anyway. So building connection is what I would say is there as the as the beautiful thing that you can take away from. Because finally, it is all about role modeling. And if we are in peace with what our thoughts are and what our personality is, then parenting is it's not a stress anymore, rather. Yeah. So children may not listen to you, but they'll surely follow you. <laughs> so you may be saying whatever you want. You will see that not they listen, but they follow you. That means what do you want them to follow? That's the thing that we need to ask ourselves. Yes. And that requires self-work, Kalyani. Really requires a lot of self-work. So meditation for me as a tool has presented as that opportunity for me to do self-work. And I've seen that my connection not only with Ananya and everyone else has improved because the connection that I have with myself and that ability to be more curious about my own internal world is what is giving me that, that uh, skill, I would say. Anupama, more and more we are talking about this. We are realizing that this is such a powerful tool. It's like a life skill, which we definitely want to teach our children. So can you guide us there at what age should this be introduced? How this should be introduced? How can we make it more interesting for the children? Because of course, they can't sit in one place and close their eyes and meditate. Uh, so can you just guide us there? Absolutely. I want to share some anecdote from last week that Ananya said to us. Ananya sees both Shailesh and me are meditating and we are not really telling her every day you should meditate, but she sees us. And anytime uh, she wants to do it on her own, she can. Last week, she came back from a school saying that, you know, there was an immersion exercise in the pool and we had to just go deep. We had to just immerse ourselves. And I was only the one, one of the only children who did it, that the coach asked me to go back into the water and just you know, breathe out and go, go away all the way down. And I could do it. Then I said, wow, that's so amazing. And I'm thinking that, you know, what can I learn from her? And how did she do it? She said, of course, I'm the daughter of two meditating parents. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I could do that. She said, what was expected? I'm the daughter of two meditating parents. And she found it so fascinating. We never got to connect the two. I don't know what skill is required there. However, what I want to play back to you is they follow you. They are noticing. They can actually use it anytime. When can they start? They can start as early as four. The sense not to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes, but use their breath as a tool. Mm -hmm. 
your child is a four-year-old is restless, as four-year-old is tired, you can actually start teaching breath work, very simple breath work. Like it can be, we call this, a, there's something called the straw breath. You just breathe in like you're blowing through a straw. What do you do if you want to use a straw to blow? You would you make your uh, you know mouth small and like through the straw you'll blow it, right? And you want to blow it very slowly. So straw breath is nothing but breathing in and breathing out as if you're blowing through a straw. But children will not in, be interested in blowing, you know, make a mouth and blow like this. What can you do instead? Give them a bottle of water or a small glass of water, give them a paper straw breathe in and as you breathe out see the bubbles mm. they get so excited about the bubbles you know their water is spilling everywhere and they are so focused in the activity that you can see that their energy has shifted if they're restless they become more calm if they were tired they become more energized just the breath work so maybe the well, sound also helps because it's a rhythm it's a rhythm and water is a, it has a very calming effect on the mind so we can bring all these things together very early on right and sounds like uh, with Ananya, we've done this, there's the hmm sound, right? What is this sound? Sometimes when children stomp their feet and say, hmm, I won't do it. That hmm sound is a very special sound. It creates a certain vibration in the nervous system and it calms the nervous system. So anytime when Ananya is upset with us and she's actually, her ego is swelling up and she doesn't want to talk to her, she has tears, but she's like pushing us away. We'll say that, okay, let's do the hmm breath. Then we'll start breathing with breathing and hmm out. Hmm. And after just three or four hmms, she'll be smiling through her. You know, the tears she'll be smiling through. So it's not a because long it's a, hmm. It's a short one, is it? A forceful one? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. As you can see, when you're doing it, you both can do it with me. Hmm. 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 See, there'll be sensations in the chest region yes. and in the neck region. And that vibration shifts something in because, uh, hmm. yeah, this whole, yeah, this whole area will will have will get activated, and then it's sending a signal, calm down. That's all it's sending. It's sending a signal to the brain, calm down. So back to your question, yes, we can introduce these things very very soon so that they understand there's a connection between their mind and the breath, and any time they feel anything, they can use their breath. And of course, in the Art of Living program, we teach also these techniques, many more techniques that you start sooner than later. And for uh, parents also as beginners, can they directly enroll for uh, these programs or they can do something at home? So it's good to learn simply because on these programs, we are also going to teach them about the science of breath. Why do we do this breathing and different kinds of breathing? And you're also under instructors or facilitator rather, who's ensuring that you're breathing correctly. Now, this may sound very odd. What do you mean breathing correctly? Am I not doing that every single day? Yes, we are. However, it is shocking that to know that we are all not breathing correctly because it's only shallow breathing. It's only upper chest breathing most of us are doing, especially when we are stressed as parents, overwhelmed. We are not really doing deep breathing. So it's easy to tell your child breathe, but are you doing it? How do you even know that you're not doing it correctly? So learning these things on the program, learning to know how to tap into your breath, what sort of different breathing techniques you can use. It's really a fascinating science because the way you breathe in, breathe out in rhythm, how you actually use like your mouth positions, it has different connections to the mind. Like the straw breath is excellent for reducing anxiety. It can be used by adults also. <laughs> Without blowing into the water, you just... Use a, as if you're blowing out slowly through the straw. 
and in fact during pregnancy within delivery they do this so this is already we know it but somehow we only use it in crisis situations what i'm inviting people to do is make it a regular habit yeah for parents and yeah so they can enroll to the program they can learn and they can make it a part of their life uh before we go to the children things again i wanted to uh, go back to you know uh what kalyani had mentioned in passing in our previous question about cooking is like meditation for me painting is like meditation for me mm. so a lot of people are attaching meditation the experience of meditation with doing something while we are saying meditation is doing nothing so can you can you tell us the difference between these two things when you are engaged in cooking walking yes you are mindfully doing something your mind is not anywhere else you can just be engrossed in that however when you finish that activity are you responding differently to life scenarios life situations is the question you need to ask yourself by by painting yes it brings that joy i'm so engrossed in it and then you put your uh, canvas away and then something comes up in your day with your child are you responding differently because you just did the painting if you are great what meditation gives you is an opportunity to decompress declutter and connect deeply where you start responding differently to the same scenarios so the test is the checkpoint is that i used to respond like this is the activity that i'm engaging in helping me respond differently that is a checkpoint people should just make in my in what i have noticed see, i'm a musician i sing a lot i love to listen to music however that actually help enable me to like it's like a dive board when i go into music i'm so calm that i can get into meditation however it's only coming out of meditation i have been able to respond differently to life situation so and um, during the painting you're so engrossed in it that you are not really let's say taking note of those thoughts which are not very comfortable mm. they are not probably even coming up right or when they are coming up you are just going to be stroking and it goes away but it's not about making them go away isn't it it's about making sense of it so meditation gives you an opportunity to make sense of those uncomfortable thoughts so that you can respond right. oh, very interesting very interesting i think um now i mean what i have understood from this is you escape that with something that you really enjoy doing Uh, but that is not meditation right? that's not meditation correct it's a mindful activity yes. Yes. let's put it that way. <laughs> it's still a lot of doing yeah anupama nowadays there are so many boot camps for parents as well as uh, training for children to get into meditation but even after attending them the kids may or may not practice it on a regular basis so what can we do to encourage them take meditation as a part of their routine especially the elder ones who are in the tweens and teens hmm kalani let me ask you a question um what are some of the things or maybe one thing that you do because your mom or dad did it is there anything like that in your life so many of them <laughs> uh give me an example the kind of food i cook the uh, sometimes even the kind of instructions i give my children i think that oh that was my mom speaking <laughs> my mom oh. would have dealt with this situation in such a way mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It stayed with you and you retrieved it when you needed it. So looking at children as filing cabinets, we are just filing. That's all. Let them choose when they want to retrieve that file. We are just simply enabling them to file. We are just filing. They are just filing cabinets. So for meditation, if you want your child to adopt meditation and breath work, there is no brainer here. You have to do it yourself because they will follow you, may not listen to you. Now, when they take it up, you leave it. It's okay. They will come to it because we all know every single one of us can narrate many, many incidents where we fought with our parents, did not want to do something. And then when in our 20s, we actually realized that it's a good thing to have home cooked food. But in our teens, we fought like, what is this? I, you know, all the time, I hate it. I don't want it, right? And why don't you make any junk food? My friends are always having junk food. But then in our 20s, we are craving for that nutritious food because we realized that was a good thing. It helped us. So likewise, <laughs> anything good, like Ananya says, that why is anything good not so great in the start? <laughs> is there any good food? Okay, it's not as tasty as the junky food, right? Because the pleasure point, the thing we have to realize is, is it joy or pleasure we are going after? Pleasure is instant gratification. It will give you instant gratification. Joy is delayed gratification. So we want our children to slowly start going from the pleasure to joy. And that is only by emulating it ourselves, by showing the way. Mm. And let's keep filing. So like I said, Ananya, using this kind of language is a surprise for us. Oh, I'm a daughter of two meditators. That's not something we've ever said or even connected with. But she has realized that the calmness to let go comes with meditation. And I'm telling you, she doesn't meditate, but I think she will based on what she just said. For everything, you can use them as a filing cabinet, language you're using. Even if they're not using it yet, they will transform. Oh, my mom said this. It, it's a wonderful example because so many times we say, oh, I taught him this mm-hmm. and he or she is not using it now. What a waste of money <laughs> or what a waste of time and effort. But uh, if we look at this, that okay, Someday they will remove that file and use it. That's That just takes the entire anxiety out. Takes the anxiety out and the pressure out. And really, we have forgotten, isn't it true about us? How many things you can quote in your own life? I remember my mom being so particular about me singing in the morning, going and opening my voice in the terrace. And I used to be against it like anything. <laughs> and in any time now, people say that, tell us about your musical journey. That's the first thing I would quote because something happened there because of which I'm here today. And I can share that with my daughter. So it, the legacy continues, right? So we just have to remember that we've also been there. We have done exactly this. They won't be any different. We just treat them as filing cabinets and file the good stuff we want them to retrieve later. Wonderful, wonderful. I I think uh, wonderful. It is a great example, no? Because we unknowingly are following our parents, and uh, and yes, I think that's a great starting point to te- to tell fellow parents that your children will also do it. So there is no stressing about you know whether they are doing it now or right away. And and Himani uh, also want to basically. Not getting hung up on the outcome. Many times people mm-hmm. stop meditating yes. also because kuch nahi hua. Kuch ka nahi hai. It's not about that, you know, you don't want to say that this is nothing is adding any value to me. No, no change has happened. I'm still this. It takes a while. It's like, you know, you have never cleared your mailbox and there are 10,000, 20,000 emails. 
it takes a while for it to all get cleared. It's clutter that we are clearing at different layers of our existence. So it's very deep. So just trusting the process. So for meditation, you need to have a process mindset. You cannot have an outcome mindset. Enjoy the process. I, I think this is a great point which you mentioned just now about clutter and you know clarity because like I said that uh, the emotions or the conflicts that come are like those, those files which have, have been saved yes. for months and days and years which will just come to the surface, you address it and let go, right? So that's yes. the process you follow. Correct. And you check in and see that, okay, am I responding differently? Sometimes it can take even years for those patterns to go away. So process mindset is saying that, okay, it allowed me to become calmer and clearer. So not saying, but then I'm still looking at the same situation, same way. How will it just go away? You don't know at what level you have stored, what impression. So knowing that, you know, you don't need to intellectualize everything. Just follow the process and you will see soon, soon that something has changed. So process mindset is about, first of all, keeping the process, keeping to the process. The second is also redefining success. It's not about, am I responding to that situation exactly like opposite situation? Am I doing it differently? No, it did not trigger that much of a reaction in me like it used to. It triggered a reaction, but it did not stay for that long. So how are you going to redefine success about your own response? Very interesting. Very, very interesting and useful, I think. It is the art of doing nothing, which will help you achieve everything. Amazing. Absolutely. It's beautiful. It's the art of doing nothing, which helps you achieve everything. Thank you so much, Anupama. I'm sure this conversation is going to help hundreds of parents and help them be more mindful, be more uh, happy, joyful and raise happy and confident children. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was our pleasure. Thank you, partners in upbringing, and wish you all the best. With this, we come to an end of this conversation. We hope it was enlightening and enjoyable for you and has motivated you enough to start your own journey towards meditation and self-regulation. If it has, please take a minute for us and give us a five-star rating on the app you're listening to and leave us a review. It really helps us a lot to grow. If you would like to start your own meditation journey, do visit Art of Living website. They have the happiness program and the Sahaj Samadhi meditation that parents can start with. And if you would like to enroll your children, they do have Sky Kids for 8 to 12 year olds and Sky Teens for 13 to 17 year old children. We've shared a link to their website in our show notes. Do check it out. This was the last podcast episode for 2022. And we are happy to share that we have completed two full years of podcasting. Yes. <laughs> in our first few episodes in 2023, we will be talking about some very interesting topics. We're going to start with the role art plays in child development, how to talk about sex to your child, how to raise emotionally intelligent children, and also about positive disciplining versus punishments. So loads and loads of helpful content coming your way the next year. And in order to not miss it, please do not forget to subscribe to us on the app you're listening to. And you can also follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Partners in Upbringing. And since Christmas is just around the corner, we, we have a very special blog. It's the season to make resolutions. Do check it out on our website, www.partnersinupbringing.com. 
it's definitely a good read and will give you tips as to how to make resolutions what is the importance of family resolutions and how can you take help from santa to get your children started on good habits this blog is written by siddhi kulkarni our in-house mom blogger and author so hope you all have a fantastic uh, new year celebration and christmas wish you a happy new year in advance take care have lots and lots of fun stay safe and happy parenting happy parenting the content of this podcast is the copyright of the makers of this podcast partners in upbringing the information opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk this podcast should not be considered as professional advice unless stated please refer to https colon forward slash forward slash www dot partners in upbringing dot com for further details